Also, I've got the 338 uh, page for Bose or Bose or however you say it open because I will be popping the biggest bottles if Maxime Bernier loses his, his only seat. Bose of these nuts. Ah, fuck, I should say that for recording. bonus episode on the upcoming Canadian election. Due to the um, busyness or Americanness of many of our hosts, we decided to reach out to some friends to help us make sense of it all. Uh, so I'm Matt. I live in the riding of Oshawa, and uh, I'm a regular Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die host. Uh, and representing HKIP, we also have Zoe with us today. Hey, I'm Zoe. I live in the riding of uh, Sudbury, and I'm also, as Matt said, a uh, regular HKIP host. As for the rest of you, you don't have to say exactly what riding you live in, because I realize you live in much larger cities where the ridings basically say exactly what neighborhood you live in. Uh, (laughs) So uh, first we have Bean, who is a noise space host with the Island Shuffle podcast. Hi, uh, I'm Bean. Happy to be here, and I'm living in Montreal. Somewhere. <laughs> but who knows where? <laughs> who can say? And, uh, and joining us again after our uh, Ontario election episode that we did back in 2018, we have Emma. Hi, I am, as Matt said, Emma, and uh, I am located somewhere uh, in a riding in the great city of Toronto. Ah, the, just the wonderful, wonderful city of Toronto, which every, every riding is going to go somewhere nice, isn't it? Oh, you know, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so one thing that we wanted to, I wanted to do here because this podcast is primarily American in its both in its hosts and in its audience is I just wanted to do like a quick primer on each of the parties and you guys could just like chime in whenever. Uh, so first we have our great leader, Justin Trudeau. Our wonderful, beautiful man boy, who we all love <laughs> and has never done anything wrong in his life, uh, representing the Liberal Party, which bills themselves as center left, which are absolutely center right, as much as those things don't really mean anything. I had a really obtuse joke that I had prepared for when we when the Liberal Party came up. Uh, yeah, no, bring it on, boss. You did brownface. Amazing. Mission complete. That right there is why you're the best. (laughs) (laughs) He sure did brownface, huh? He did it so much that he couldn't confirm or deny how many times he did it. He did it in... in, (laughs) And it's brought up in an election where he's literally against a brown person. You'll love to see it, folks. You'll love to see it. Um, But yeah, anyone not aware of the Liberal Party's general history and policy, they've back and forth led the country... Pretty much since its inception, Astray. they they tend to campaign left and govern right. So they have a lot of they are like the actual definition before it was like co-opted by right wing chuds for what virtue signaling is. 
Like, that's their whole thing, is that they they talk a talk, but they never walk the walk. Some of uh, J- Justin Trudeau's campaign promises from the last election include electoral reform to get rid of the garbage first-past-the-post system that will doom us once more, um, ending boil water advisories on indigenous reserves, um, just general support of environmental policy, and the list goes on. Either way, the main thing that he did accomplish was legalizing marijuana in a way that made technocrats everywhere happy and did not expunge the criminal records of anyone who had them. He did also say, somebody stop me while applying brownface multiple times, which I feel like... (laughs) It is just like the mask. Yeah, it's a lot like mask, except extremely racist. Oh, God. So it's like mask. They better not call him Cuban Pete. Oh, that's true. (laughs) So it's just He's not like the that. king of the Mambo beat. <laughs> um, and he plays the maracas. They go chick, chicky, boom, chick, chicky, boom. Sorry, I ha- <laughs> y- you got it there. It's it's wormed into my head. <laughs> As the it. second you said Cuban Pete, the rest of it started playing. <laughs> As it is wont to do. Thanks, Jim Carrey. Uh, Justin Trudeau's primary competition comes from the Conservative Party. Andrew Shear. Yep. So a weird puppet became six and a half feet tall. Like, just, like, it's like you took uh, the image in MS Paint and, like, just evenly scaled it outwards. You just took a, a weird puppet and scaled him outwards. Yeah, Tom and... Hanks got stuck halfway in the middle of the transformation from Big and became, like, leader of the Conservative <laughs> Party. Yeah, so they're, they're roughly analogous to the Republican Party. They are not quite as... Well, I, I would say prior to Andrew Scheer, they weren't quite as, like, um, in bed with evangelical Christian groups. But that's kind of, like, Andrew Scheer's whole thing, is that he was primarily boosted by, like, evangelical Christian groups to come to where he is. And he represents um, one of the Regina writings, I believe. Uh, yeah, Regina, I can't pronounce the name of the thing because it's like a French word that I'm having a little bit of trouble with. But yeah, it's like Regina yeah. Oulette or something like that. No, Q, uh, Q of yeah. I just know that he ha- it's like a, a very heavily indigenous writing that has a lot of reserves in it and that there is a very strong push to try to get him to lose his seat. Mm-hmm. However unlikely it is, it would be very funny. Yeah, <laughs> right now, and according would- to 338, though, it's a 53.4% chance that he wins the riding. Oh, that's not that high. I'm oh, sorry. No, that's his vote share. It's a it's a uh, greater than 99% chance that he wins. Okay, no, yeah. A vote share. I thought you meant percent chance of winning. No, it's it's less than 1% chance in uh, NDP, uh, greater than 99% chance conservatives. Yeah, no, no. They I think they got that one. Yeah, got well, it locked down. You never... Is it called a safe is it called a safe seat on 338? It is uh, likely CPC for some reason. Uh, yeah, what do they consider a safe seat? I, their me- I, I question their methodology. No, I mean, it's never not been 99% or higher according to this thing yeah. the entire run of the election. It's briefly been 100%. <laughs> Number 3 in our party list we have uh the New Democratic Party led by Jagmeet Singh. It's not pronounced Jagmeet. It's Jagmeet. Um recently surging in the polls in both leader leader favorability and general vote intention, but still like statistically impossible for them to capture a majority. Hmm. Like it would be like I think even if they if every seat that was even leaning NDP went to them they'd still be under 100, right? Oh, for sure. Either way, any th- this is the party that like 
generally is the most favorable party to leftists in the in in Canadian electoral politics anyway. Like obviously people have criticisms of the NDP, but you know, sometimes when you're dealing with electoral politics, you kind of go with the best you can get. Uh, it has we, it has been really nice in the past like I guess week or so to see Jack <clears throat> to see Jagmeet Singh hop on this momentum and do like, you know, retweeting and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and, and yeah, doing all that stuff that's that you like to well, see. Well, yeah, if if you were if you were to think of like a the analogous politician in American politics, which I suppose I'll keep doing, uh, the obvious a- analog to the NDP is like the the Bernie Sanders Ocasio-Cortez kind of wing of the of the Democratic Party, but like they're not perfectly comparable. Like NDP is more like the British Labour Party. Yeah, they're not in, quite as it's, like it's history. Yeah, they're not. They tend to not be quite as like under Mulcair. They kind of had a I guess and Leighton too. Under Leighton and Mulcair, they had kind of a push from the left to a little more center, and uh, that was kind. And you don't necessarily love to see it. Um, I I really don't like. <laughs> I respect Leighton for a lot of reasons, but his insistence on like removing the word socialist from the charter mm. um kind of sours him for me because like that was part of the founding document of the cooperative commonwealth foundation which was of course the party that it was formed out of um number four i suppose if we're going by like vote intention and totals is probably the block it is the block it okay <laughs> how do how do, how do you best explain the block you think um, um, I gotta open a beer for this one. <laughs> well, there they were formed in the '90s as a push to, you know, be separatist. Uh, they were responsible for a lot of the referendum shenanigans of the '90s, um, including the one that I guess the one that uh, very nearly yeah. that like lost by an incredibly narrow margin. Um, literally, I, I saw a video of it. It was like, they were counting the polls, just like watching the, like the vote total go up and it, as it ping ponged back and forth between like 49 and 51, mm-hmm. which is, I can't imagine how bu- brutally stressful that would have been. Yes. Uh, although I guess I can cause like Brexit. Yeah, I, I actually can in fact imagine how brutally stressful it is now. <laughs> I'm looking at the numbers. Good God. Apparently right now, actually the block has a higher overall seat chance than the NDP does right now in terms of averages. Although the vote share is smaller, it's a lot more efficient, and it looks like they might actually win more seats, uh, depending on how things play out. That has happened before, and I wouldn't doubt if it happened, just because their support is so concentrated. Yes. Uh, Um... If like it depends on how we're going to be sorting this, but yeah, they they'd flip flop the third and fourth spot either way. It's funny because yeah, I, I was to listening to an HKIP episode just a few uh, a few weeks ago, and uh, you were describing them Matt as a basically effectively a non party because their support has just been like waning and waning, and they had like I don't know ten seats in Parliament last I checked, and in between the last election and this one, they actually had like a big like implosion. Yeah, they like. Uh, they actually like separated into into two smaller parties and had like a crisis of leadership that was like talking yeah. town all around town, and so this new fella uh, by the name of his leader, the name is Yves Francois Blanchet. I think I have that right. Um, <laughs> he basically ran for leadership unopposed, uh, and after a few strong 
performances in the debate and also being the only party leader who's willing to defend the uh, racist and discriminatory uh, Bill 21, Law Law 21. Yeah. uh, Which, for those of you who aren't in the know, the provincial government in Quebec recently passed a law that forbids certain public... Uh, certain public, uh, workers? Officials? Yes, I guess. Public officials. Because it includes, like, teachers, too. Yes, teachers. I want to say police officers, maybe. Uh, Bank workers. Yes. Uh, from wearing religious headwear, including, uh, niqabs, hijabs, all the, all that stuff. Um. Yeah. And they, and this has been part of an ongoing nonsensical thing in Quebec as a push for, quote-unquote, Laïcité is the term they use in, in in French, which translates to roughly, you know, secularism. Uh, mm-hmm. But it always seems to, weirdly always seems to just manifest as discrimination against Muslim women. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, they, they got nothing wrong with Catholics. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the Catholics always seem to be suspiciously well off in this scenario. Yeah, it's uh, weird how that works. Who can say? But, like, yeah, their their primary push is just Quebec interests. Yes, just broadly like, Quebec interests. It's it's kind of been frustrating to see other politicians, like, at the debates, they were, like, they were, like, uh, kind of, everybody was kind of just, like, sidestepping around the issue of Bill 21 and just being, like, yeah. oh, if you guys elect this Blanchette guy, he's a, didn't you guys hear? He's a separatist, check and mate. And it's just, like, oh, act, actually, <laughs> yeah. like, he's... Like, he's not, he's really, like, downplaying that and, like, not, and, like, mm-hmm. to his benefit. A, lo- a lot of, uh, a lot of younger Quebecers just don't want to deal with that shit is the, is the kind of read I get on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't, I don't know what their, um, what their vote intention is, like, demographic-wise, like, who generally votes for the blog. I would imagine it skews older. Uh, they have a history of kind of, like, they're very weird because they, while they also, like, their their voting demographics are either like the you know front it's it's like a weird mix of like like there's the straight there's a more popular strain of Quebec separatism that is just like your plain old garden variety white ethno state <laughs> which is not great yes uh, but then there's also the like uh, separatism that's more like you know Ottawa we can't really like that they're like on the left of the spectrum and they're basically mm-hmm. like we can't do socialism under Ottawa really so it's like oh. That's that's a little better, but like you sometimes see those like like I think the block has like a fine ish policy on environmental issues, but not like uh you know like obviously they're well yeah Blanchette was like pretty strong about not wanting any pipelines yeah on the on the debate stage yeah. I didn't actually get to see the French debate, but I imagine that it would have gone into that as well yeah and like that's certainly not nothing, but uh you know it also comes with defending the racist bill so. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, the block is really. It's like for us, like a relatively small party that's relatively focused issues wise. It does seem to have like a pretty broad spectrum mm-hmm. of uh, of types under mm-hmm. it, uh, which has been always really fascinating. But like something that I don't get as much information on. Just you know, being an Anglo living in an Anglo province. Yeah, uh, it's been uh, it's been interesting to. This is my first time living in Quebec, where the block during an election where the block has been a factor. So it's been uh, right, yeah, because they were just nothing exactly, last election. Yeah, so uh, number five, if we're going by uh, that vote total, mm. we got the Green Party. Ooh. I'd say they're close. So to the, the Green Party, I think. Party. <laughs> 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 Zoe, tell me what you think about the Green Party. Uh, well, the Green Party have been. Dis- 
described in the past. Stephanie's writing twice. Yeah, so just to finish it off, I don't really trust them to actually follow through with any of the stuff they've put forward because the leadership is the same as it's always been with uh, Elizabeth May being the leader of the party. And she's said some problematic stuff about abortion and how she would handle candidates with both separatist opinions and uh, also accepting people who have had like uh, Pierre Nantel, who was an NDP switchover, who left largely because the NDP had a brown leader. Yeah. And... So I don't, A, trust them to actually follow through with the more progressive parts of their agenda because I see no reason why Elizabeth May would have had a sudden change of heart from her self-avowedly libertarian days in the pre- as early as recently as 2015. And I also don't think that the stuff that they have in, a, in addition to that is really anything to lose your mind over yeah. anyways, especially considering some of her more problematic takes over the last uh, couple of months. Well, they've always months. been kind of shitty on labor policy, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're doing a... Uh, the sort of the Andrew Yang route and proposing a uh, basic uh, livable income thing. Like, uh, I don't know how much money they were putting in. I don't know if it's the thousand dollars that Yang is promising or if it's something else, but that's been their thing recently is the sort of livable income. Yeah. And then, yeah, not, not using the party whip to get people who are against abortion rights is always kind of a, kind of a bad one. You don't really want to go for that. No, you don't like to see that one. No, she also had that scandal the last few days too, right? With the, uh, she's, yeah, there's like four people in her like uh, party who are saying that they, they were like being Islamophobic and she was like, oh, I defend them. So, I mean, she's, she's, oh, she's kind of problematic all over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember there was the thing with the, um, it was uh, the New Brunswick NDP, I oh, think, yeah. where, where the guys, where the, the person, the Richardson and it was Joyce Richardson and I don't remember the man's name, but her son. Um, had a whole thing about like 12 members of the NDP defecting to the Greens and then it turned out that it most of it was a farce and now they're literally suing the NDP for calling them racist <laughs> and uh, cool. yeah if I don't if you want someone like that in your caucus then I don't really trust your uh, ability to choose candidates very well a lot of the candidates too uh, I don't want to go into detail because a lot of the stuff that they said was particularly racist but there's been a few candidates across Canada too for the Greens who had to be recalled last second because uh, extremely problematic messages that they had sent out either in private or in public during their pre-candidate time had come out including some extremely Islamophobic things that had been said uh, I don't remember from which writing though I want to say that was like four ridings in Quebec, maybe. Uh, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> that sounds about right, honestly. It, it it honestly seems like the Greens in Quebec are just filling seats. Yeah. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna be running like fifth place, then why try? <laughs> <laughs> like I know the Greens have gotten like a good push of funding, but like their their max out is like what four seats. Yeah, four seats too certain, right? Yeah. Now. Projections. Two certain being the two that they have currently, right? Uh, no, they're going to lose on one of the ones Island? they have. They're going to lose one of the ones they have currently and uh, get a different BC back. They're going to keep Saanich Gulf Islands. They're losing of one course. out in Quebec and getting a new one. Uh, and getting a new one in BC is my understanding, okay. anyway. And like, I don't know. I, as far as Ontario goes, I think the only seat that they're even in contention for is like Guelph. <laughs> yeah, and that's only because the provincial leader was. Uh, 
is stationed there and has a seat. Apparently, they briefly actually had a push in and around my hometown, but it's already kind of collapsing to the usual concerns. Yeah, one of them, had, we'll one of them came later. in third in a by-election uh, near me, so that was... Oh, that's not, not too bad. bad. And they weren't Islamophobic as far as I know, so... Oh, is, isn't it Baby nice when steps. things are just nice? <laughs> imagine. Yeah. Imagine. Imagine if it happened. Um, speaking of things that, are, that aren't speaking nice... Speaking of problematic uh, candidates. We come to <laughs> our number six. We come to Maxime Bernier. Mm-hmm. Oh, Emma, am I... Uh, do you want to go off on Maxime Bernier? I feel like you want to. Um... I mean, I, honestly, I've paid as little attention to him as possible, which is what he deserves. But I mean, basically, like, I the only thing I will ever be thankful for from Maxime Bernier is for siphoning votes off of the Conservative Party. Like, you know what? You just do that. Like, I feel like basically this election, like, the Conservatives are not going to be able to hold on to any sort of, like, majority because they've just, you know, for nefarious purposes, they've lost a lot of people to this awful right-wing, you know, it's basically like our alt-right party now in Canada. Yeah, just the horrible slime party. <laughs> um, I don't even know how, like, like their vote intention, I know that they they were invited, uh, Maxime Bernier, rather, was invited to the um, election commission's debates entirely just for, like, shits and giggles, because, like, the debate commission's rules are, like, you have to have one member elected under your banner and you also need to have four percent national support and his party has neither yeah yeah that's true and they also right now uh stand to potentially win no seats because even his seat (laughs) is like being aggressively contested by the conservative no matter the outcome they are in fucking they're in a statistical tie it's so funny bernier goose eggs (laughs) in this election it will all all have been worth it. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. no, everything's Maxime worth Bernier, it. Maxime Bernier versus uh, Richard LaHoe. Uh, whoever wins, we lose. Man, that's true. I think that's like the only conservative seat that I'll be happy if they win it. Yeah, because it'll be extremely well, funny if part. Maxime Bernier <laughs> is the bad <laughs> I mean, I, like just speaking out of realistic possibilities. Like it would be nice if um, the NDP person who is currently in sixth. Uh, would win that writing. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Fair enough. Oof, we're polling 3.3%. <laughs> Just brutal. Well, but we're yeah, not polling. God. I feel the need to point out the side note. 338 is not writing polls. It's like a weird projection matrix stat thing that they do. I don't know how it yeah. works, but it's some Nate Silver type shit. Yeah, it's the Metacritic of polls, that's... as I understand. <laughs> Uh, not even really like polls for 338 like the individual writing stuff aren't polls they're historical data against general election trends and demographic popu- and demographic stuff and it's they're, they're essentially know, just it's... trying to moneyball the election which is exactly what Nate Silver did in 2016 mm. it just happened to work in his favor at that time just kidding Nate Silver ate shit in 2016 <laughs> we need we need that octopus that used to guess the outcomes of World Cup matches but just for every riding can we just get the octopus I think that'd be much nicer in fact this can that just be how we choose our leader we just let the octopus do Please. it because I feel like I trust him more than the average Canadian at this point Damn. it's got eight What's arms the they're all for hugging and for picking yeah Eight arms, eight pro- provinces. No, wait. No, no. Ten. <laughs> Close. I guess we need a decapus. Yeah. <laughs> Ten arms. 
<laughs> but yeah, n- ten arms, ten bones can't lose. Wow. <laughs> I, whenever I think about the when I'm thinking about the polls, like st- stuff like three thirty eight, I feel like is is useful just to like kind of get an idea. Yeah. But I think like because of how well Nate Silver did in two thousand eight with his polls, which is kind of where he came from, right? Um, people put a lot too much stock in them to the point where like people are signaling their vote intention based on like polling numbers yeah. because of you know strategic voting, that thing that's necessary, mm. necessary in as many scare quotes as possible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify this. It's not polls, strictly speaking, I just wanted to make sure that was covered before we started. These aren't like actual like specific numbers that we that asking people. It's like weird metrics and stuff. Yeah, it's some money ball mm-hmm. shit. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, it's 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 good to get an idea, but it's nothing concrete. Yeah. Anyways, so, yeah, sorry um, for that little the, diversion there. Yeah. The next thing I wanted to get into after the the primary just who's who of this election. So yeah, six parties. That's we 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 have more than two folks. Um, most of them are bad, <laughs> but there are six of them, so that's something. Um, so I just wanted to, uh, to try to get into like a little bit of an on the ground for how people are feeling about their individual ridings, mm-hmm. or if they don't want to go that specific, just kind of the areas around them. Um, so like Emma, how's, how's Toronto looking? Uh, well, Toronto is looking fairly liberal, which is, I mean, I personally am not about that, but I guess it is better than the alternative alternative of a uh, sheer majority government um mm-hmm. i will i'll talk about the specific ridings i'm in and the one i'm going to be voting in if that's okay because um yeah i fine. uh i think there's like more it's more interesting for me there like seeing like the sort of developments that have been just even the last few days the ndp has had a huge surge in the riding that i vote in the riding that i vote in is technically <laughs> not the one i live in um, so, uh, the riding I still vote in the Scarborough North, because I've never officially changed my address after I moved out of my parents' place, and the Liberals are polling at about 42% right now. Um, yesterday, it was a difference between the NDPs and the Conservatives of about 23% and 26%. Today, it's climbed to NDPs at 24%, Conservatives at 25 and so I'm really praying for, like, a knockout in the next few days, where the NDP just knocks the Conservatives into third place. Um, oh, that'd be so nice. But and it, no, it looks like it's coming too. But uh, uh, basically, the riding that I vote in is a liberal stronghold. It always has been. It's going to go liberal. There was one year at one NDP, the late years, and then we went back to our solidly liberal roots. Um, the riding that I live in, I have been paying close attention to this politics. Uh, the NDP is about zero chance. And the Conservatives yeah. and the Liberals are about neck and neck. Now, I don't know if you know, but the Conservative MP running <laughs> in the riding I live in, um, she had that viral incident online a few months ago where there was those drinking boxes, water box, you know, water juice boxes that, like, Justin Trudeau had brought up. Yeah. And, like, in a viral meme, she was like, oh, uh, these don't work. These environmentally friendly, like, juice boxes, like, wa- boxed water doesn't work. And she poured a... Uh, a, a box of water all over herself on camera to try to like prove a point. And that is the uh, genius of the conservative that we have running in my writing. Wow. Yeah. It, it's just, it sounds a lot like the uh, Doug Ford making all of his ministers go to convenience stores and ask why there isn't any beer. Yeah. It was like basically a very like well-timed social media moment that she thought was going to go really well for her, but she just caught completely ratioed in like the comments. 
She's not owned. She's not owned <laughs> as she turns into a corn cob, etc. Dunking yourself in water to own the libs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's about how it's going. But other Toronto ridings looking pretty solidly liberal. Um, maybe one might go NDP. I don't know. But, I mean, we don't really have any danger of any, like, actual Toronto core ridings um, losing to conservatives. So that's kind of situation on the ground here. Do I love it? Do I love that we're rewarding Justin Trudeau with another <laughs> term? No, but you know, that seems to be the trend here. It's the thing that's the thing that's like a, a nice possibility is like a Justin Trudeau minority would be fairly decent just because, you know, the NDP as the balance of power could actually have a lot more influence, especially compared to what they are in like the current seating of parliament where they're you know, just another set of MPs that get to yell a bunch, but don't really have any, like, policy power. Yeah. And I'm actually not opposed to the whole NDP liberal coalition thing. I mean... Yeah, if they actually want to try doing a coalition. I mean, it's been proposed. Trudeau seems open to it, just because he's kind of... I think Trudeau is starting to get a little scared about some of the poll numbers he's seeing. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, well, I wouldn't blame them. I think, uh, I'm trying to remember, like, just looking at a GTA, when, when, like, the further out you expand the GTA, I think the first time you started seeing conservative ridings were when you got, like, as far north as Aurora, or as far east as Oshawa. Oh, yeah, like, Oshawa, so, Milton, even Markham, I'm a little worried about, like, might all go, you know, uh, conservative. They, they tend to, yeah. you know depart from our, you know, urban center, as they call it. And uh, yeah, any suburbs of Toronto are never a a sure thing. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a good transition for me, because that is the riding that I'm currently living in is Oshawa. Um, A dirty schwa. The dirty schwa. We got Colin Carey here, who has been the MP for Oshawa since 2004. He's been there, like, since before Stephen Harper was prime minister. Which is insane. That's a bonkers amount of time. And he is of uh, what uh, political background in nature? Oh, he is a conservative. Uh, I thought so, okay. Um, so, the, uh, the polling generally, just looking back at previous elections, it seems that Colin Carey wins with, like, 30-odd percent of the vote, and then, like, right behind him are the NDP followed by the Liberal, and if the NDP and the Liberals' votes were together, they would clearly crush him, but the NDP has a strong enough presence that they're consistently second, but, you know, like, the whole strategic voting thing that's been the Liberals' main weapon against the NDP has just caused, like, it caused a surge of support in the for the Liberals in uh, in the 2015 election, which... Even with like an eighteen percent swing from the NDP towards the Liberal candidate, the Liberal candidate was still third. Huh. So like it's a complete waste of time to vote for a Liberal here, but yet people keep doing God. it. Just um, imagine if first past the post actually got eliminated. Imagine that. Wouldn't it be nice? It'd be fucking nice. Nepali. I think. If only there was some kind of reform that Trudeau could have done. Was part of the election promises. Well, that doesn't sound right. Yeah, it's some sort of it doesn't really, doesn't really seem right. Something, something electoral reformist, nature, something, you know, something like yeah, that. yeah. Um, like that that he the NDP done. candidate is Shailene Panelo, and she has the word anime in her Twitter profile. 
Um, but despite that, she is very cool and I like her. Uh, she's been doing like a lot of uh, organizing around the election. She's put a pretty big, pretty big push. Uh, Colin Carey signs seem to vastly outnumber any other sign for most of the city, um, except for by the waterfront, which is where the GM plant was, or I guess is, but is barely functional at the current time. Um, so the whole like GM Oshawa situation where the plant is getting shuttered and a bunch of jobs have already been lost and more are getting lost. Uh, Colin Carey didn't actually make any public statements about it until after uh, Oshawa's MPP had made a statement about it. And Oshawa's uh, member of provincial parliament is an NDPer. So um, <laughs> you think that uh, with like just the sheer amount that he does not seem to care about the working class of Oshawa, Oshawa being a primarily working class city, um, that it would be pushed a little more of a push towards uh, the NDP. But I guess we'll see how that goes on election day. Um, as far as I can tell, the liberal candidate is a non-presence, like just not around at all. I've seen so little signs. I've seen no campaign events. Like they're just, they seem to just put up a stock candidate. Um, I guess we could go on to Northern Ontario now over to the Sudbury ridings. Yeah. Um, the Sudbury ridings are, um, kind of a weird setup because, the writings that they are provincially are different than the ones that they are federally. So we've been having actually a lot of trouble with people trying to figure out which like writing they're supposed to be voting in and who they're supposed to be talking to. But at any oh, the, the demarcation lines are in different spots. Yeah, Nickel Belt is different provincially than it is ah. federally versus where and where it is, and it's been very annoying to try to actually figure out how it's supposed to work. I know now. the dividing line in like the South end on Regent street is like the same place federally as provincially only because like I voted at nickel belt my whole life, whether it was provincial or federal. Um, but I, I suppose it's, it's, it's other parts of town that it gets confusing. Yeah. When you get up to places like copper cliff, that's yeah. where it starts to get a little bit wonkier. But anyways, that's kind of too granular. But the, uh, the, the major point here is that in Sudbury, the Liberals, it's currently a Liberal NDP like battle with the Liberals slightly in first, mainly because the guy there is an incumbent. And there was a, lat, not, lat, not last election, but the election before, there was a whole lot of controversy around an NDP uh, MP switching over to the Liberal parties to run provincially. And it kind of messed up the NDP provincially and federally here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So now we have a pretty tight race between uh, the candidates uh, here. I'm just trying to reopen the page so I can make sure I have all the exact information. But it's uh, Paul Lefebvre. He is a backbencher in Trudeau's government currently. Uh, I think he's the undersecretary to the Minister of Agriculture at the moment. You know, Paul Lefebvre, in terms of his ability as a representative, and please do not quote me on this one, but also don't fact check me. (laughs) I'm really sure according to uh the speaking time numbers he's one of the least active mps in ottawa in trudeau's government oh wow. then i guess that's he, why he shows up to so many events in sudbury i suppose yeah he uh though in his defense he has done some good stuff for funding the additions to laurentian university that uh were that have been been built over the last couple of years or on the last four or five years have been halfway funded by the federal government thanks to his uh, work to get that done, which is a very good thing. Even if those additions aren't good, that's not his fault. Um, 
And yeah, so he's running against primarily right now the NDP candidate, a woman named Beth Mayers. She's a local activist uh, since about the 80s. She started an indie cinema program downtown is the big thing that I'm aware of, but has been involved in all sorts of activism, particularly around uh, LGBTQ issues in the city. And this is the first sort of foray into politics. So she did try to run against the uh, eventual MPP of Sudbury, Jamie West, in the NDP nomination, but failed. And... uh, and so now she's running here uh, federally. And then other than that, we have in third place Pierre Saint-Amand, a military expat who doesn't who hasn't lived in Sudbury until the last couple of years. And he appears to be moved mainly to campaign here. Oh, you would love to uh, see it. Yeah, he's a he's essentially the closest thing you can get to a paper candidate for a major party. Mm-hmm. We've got. Um, yeah, well, because like the, the conservatives have they've reached second place like one or two times in the last, like, 20 years, but it's very infrequent. Like, Sudbury and Nickel Belt are pretty much always liberal NDP battles. Yeah, they're polling at 20... Uh, well, I say polling, but again, 338, but they're currently projected around 20%, whereas the NDP and the liberals are 30 and 37, respectively. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit... It's not really a tight race. Then we have uh, Bill Crumplin, who is a local professor and environmentalist, He's running for the Greens, pulling it around 9.8. Uh, I know him. He's a nice man. Uh, that's a pretty That's a pretty good polling numbers. It's pretty like, good it's not numbers. a winning number, but... He's got a lot of support from a lot of young people on campus, a lot of uh, students and former students of his. Uh, I, I know quite a few of them because I've been trying to flip them to the NDP for almost a year now. God. Um, he doesn't... Re- he's... Uh, He's pretty. He's pretty active. I like him. He's my second choice. Uh, he does. He's done a lot of stuff to get Sudbury included by name in the green environmental platform, nice. which I'm a fan of. And uh, then in fourth, or no, in fifth, sorry, we have Sean Patterson, who's the PPC candidate. Uh, the only reason I include him because he is polling at one point two three percent with a swing of one point two, which means he could get zero zero point one percent of the uh, <laughs> vote, and that's it. Uh, which would be extremely good, but because he has, uh, f- I'm only including him to dunk on him. He has four signs in the entire city, which is three more than the Animal Protection Party, which is a one-issue minor party running candidates in less than half of the ridings in the entire country. Is Popescu um, running again? Yes, Popescu is, is he running. Finally again. <laughs> barred from running for office. Nope, he is extremely running for office again. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so this is an extremely like Sudbury-only thing, but it's just like a weirdo weirdo religious nut who runs for every manner of public office in Sudbury and always manages to get roughly 110 votes every time. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, it's like, he's, it's almost, it would be almost comical if he weren't like the most horrible person. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. He has been arrested. He has been, uh, at least he has been arrested three separate times. Uh, the first time for assaulting his mother, although the charges were dropped. The second time for saying that all gay people should be killed during a debate. And then the third time for saying it again during a radio interview in Toronto. Yeah, so, so not a great guy. Always running for office, though. Um, yeah, he's that, for like, absolutely every position since the 90s, and he's been running those since the 70s. God. See, as much as he sucks, I would like to see him get more <laughs> votes than Sean Patterson. It would be very funny if he got more votes. Because it would be funny. Yeah, I also should point out two last things as a side note before I sort of leave this be. Uh, A, uh, Popescu 
is although officially starting to get banned from more and more debates locally, which is kind of nice. Wow. He got banned from the Laurentian debate this year because um, the last year when he was there for the mayoral debate, which he also ran uh, for mayor, he said a bunch of garbage and now he's banned from that. And also, uh, I want to say about Sean Patterson, he's really into a power generation machine he's claimed he's made that you can use by pouring water into old mines and using that to generate power. But the way that he describes it, he seems to think that there'll be a constant flow of water going through the mine, uh, making it into a perpetual motion machine, which is physically impossible. So uh, that's the guy who's running for here has invented a machine that literally, by the laws of physics, cannot work. <laughs> so that's... they really, I mean, they really had to scrounge for candidates after, like, they tried to get Jason Faraci to run, and then it turned out he was a literal Nazi. I br- I actually briefly considered uh, putting my name in to run for the PPC candidate just to see if I could trick them into letting me run for them and then not have a candidate in Sudbury. But I decided against it because I don't really want my name attached to that even as yeah, like... Yeah, no, even, even as a, a joke. Gag. If you're going to attach your name to a joke, then at least like run for the rhinos or something. Yeah, that was another temptation. But anyways, the, the point being is that it's a liberal NDP race. The liberals are in the lead right now. And that's the exact same. It's literally the exact same story in Nickel Belt, except it's a bit closer because Steph Paquette, uh, who is the NDP candidate up north and n- northern uh, Fran- uh, francophone arts legend, Steph Paquette, is also running in Nickel Belt. And he's currently has a narrow, narrow edge on incumbent liberal Mark Serre. The other candidates are really sort yeah, of irrelevant. Mark Serre um, is the son of a former MP for the same riding, uh, who was a member of parliament in Justin Trudeau's dad's government. And that alone disqualifies him in my eyes because we do not like dynasties here. Also, fun fact about Sere, out of all the northern ridings, he performed the worst in terms of getting funding for his riding, being, uh, I think, tripled or quadrupled by the performance of... uh, Timmins, James Bay, uh, uh, stalwart uh, Charlie Angus, uh, who, by the way, outperforms every single larger northern, uh, larger and more populous northern riding every single year, even though they all have a members of the governing party and b more populous and more rich general sort yeah. of uh, people. Fucking love members. Charlie Angus and his riding. I feel like yes, he's going to be able to run there forever. Whereas Mark Sere, uh is extremely funny to me that he gets almost like very, very little comparative money for his writing every year. So I would really like to see him replaced because he seems kind of like a do nothing MP. Uh, all opinions expressed on this program are my yeah, own, yeah. not those of Henry Kissinger's Pokemon going to die. I mean, yeah, we can never really. We don't have a coherent ideology here. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so now that we've, uh, I guess we'll, we'll j- just one more is, uh, Bean just going over just your general area of Montreal. Uh, before I do that, real quick, you mentioned the Rhinoceros Party earlier, and I remembered a funny story yes. about the Rhinoceros Party, which is that, uh, did you know that they're r- running a candidate in, uh, Maxime Bernier's riding of Bose? I <laughs> did not know that. Uh, they're running a candidate, uh, and the candidate's named Maxime Bernier. Pretty, pretty good bit. <laughs> that is a very good bit. It's a good bit. People are, the, all the Nazis are going to be so confused. Which one do we vote for? Uh, you love to see it. That's, I mean, that's direct action to me. <laughs> uh, they still like have a guy named John Turner running in John Turner's old writing, and he's been running there since John Turner, the liberal 
was running back then, and now they still have the the Rhino the Rhino Party John Turner who's running there, and I think that's also extremely. I feel good. like you gotta if you have the same name. Commit to the bit. Commit to the bit. All right, so uh, Montreal. Uh, it's a it, it Montreal. It big. Uh, there's a lot of big names around here that are always running. Uh, just old crusty Justy himself is has held the seat of Papineau for since since long before he was the leader of the Liberal Party. Since like 2007, I want to say. Uh, oh wow! So he'll probably still keep that. The general picture across the board for Montreal itself is mostly liberal and has been for pretty much ever, barring like a few weird little blips here and there across the across the road. Um, like the block made well, like Mul- Mulcair's seat was there, right? Yes. So Mulcair's seat was uh, Mulcair obtained his seat in Outremont in like I want to say 2007, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and I think his was the first. NDP seat in all of Quebec, maybe? Um, that might not be right, but uh, basically, then, in twenty in 2011, then the NDP made huge gains in Quebec, uh, and they won a huge amount of seats that was unprecedented. And then they lost all those seats, a lot of those seats, anyway, to the, to the Liberals in 2015. Uh, and now the Liberals are going to lose a lot of those seats to the Bloc. Uh, and the cycle... And the cycle continues... Uh, but the Quebec is definitely it's got to be the most volatile part of the country as far as like who's going to win riding. Oh, absolutely. Like, I feel like you look you can be like, oh, Alberta is going to go conservative. Like Ontario is going to go like kind of a, like a mix of liberal and conservative and a bit of an, uh, and, and a few NDP here and there also. Uh, Quebec is just all over the place. Um, they're very volatile with their vote. Uh but Montreal, for the most part, stays steady, pretty steady liberal. Like, uh, you know, yeah. Justin Trudeau's here. There's a couple other high-profile names. Marc Garneau is running, uh, has been has been an MP here for a long time. Uh, especially in the West Island, the liberal support is very, very concentrated and, uh, and uh, there. But there are a few NDP uh, candidates, Mulcair uh, before. Unfortunately, Mulcair lost his seat to the liberals when he resigned, and then a by-election happened, that by-election I mentioned before. Um, yes. The uh, other NDP folks that are running around, uh, uh, Alexander Boulerice, Boulerice, who's uh, the deputy of the NDP presently, is uh, currently the MP for, I'm going to, it is, of course, the writing of, not stalling at all, the writing of Rosemont La Petite Patrie, which is uh, nice. nearby. Uh, and there's also the riding, the former riding of block leader Gilles Duceppe nearby, which is Laurier Saint-Marie, which uh, currently is New Democratic, but is looking like it might also swing to the block as well. Uh, yeah, in general, it's just most like it's mostly pretty steadily liberal here, even though there is like a large population. Like most of the, most of the people I talk to are like very very fed up with the with the liberal establishment and they're like we're 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 ready for a change and i feel like quebec in general despite the very entrenched uh you know settler colonial ass like racism that exists here they are also uh can be open to uh you know change in their minds um but uh, that said, unfortunately, it's... They're going to change their minds about racism. Uh, yeah, we're just... What we have to do is just change their minds about racism. 
So yeah, that's the other thing about it is that the NDP, unfortunately, while they're making gains across the country, uh, it's not looking super good here. Uh, and you, uh, you frankly hate to see it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's not great. Uh, and it's probably large, it probably has nothing to do with the fact that, uh, Jagmeet Singh is the first, uh, non-white, uh, uh, leader of a political party. Probably not related probably not related to that at all it's got to be the fact that he has like stronger leftist policies than the last several ndp leaders and that they they just hate leftism yeah we notoriously hate leftism here in quebec the the province that has 10 seats in the provincial legislature that sure that are part of the uh quebec slider <laughs> which is the like probably one of the most straight up leftist parties in or or i guess leftist parties with seats in across the across the country uh yeah yeah we do we do very much have like a communist party and a marxist leninist yeah. party thank you very much oh yes they just don't have seats yes unfortunately <laughs> um someday who knows maybe one day uh so the the vote the, the vibe here is generally just kind of probably going to be sticking with the old old our old friend justin um it is nice to see that like uh, Andrew Shear had a very big, was very much planning on being like, mm, I'm going to gobble up all these liberal seats. But it's nice to see him eating shit in that regard. Um, yeah, he's not having a good time in Quebec. No, huh? he's not. Um, and, uh, but beyond that, it's, uh, it's you know, if it's anybody's guess what's going to happen election day. Who knows? Um, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. Uh, before I before I wrap up, uh, I also want to mention that uh, I am from. Uh, while I'm living in Montreal, I'm from the sweet old province of New Brunswick, uh, Safifest, Canada Alpine, and the the Bay of Fundy and the Deset Saint and you love to see it. <laughs> um, but I also wanted to mention real quick that a um, uh, minor topic of uh, election. Uh, coverage that kind of briefly came and went was that was the news that the lone uh abortion clinic in new brunswick uh is uh is getting shut down um Mm -hmm. and it uh i don't want to go in too much detail because i uh frankly i'm not sure but i just wanted to say it sucks you hate to see it uh there are currently now two hospitals in New Brunswick that are willing to perform abortions. Uh, the provincial government, which is currently led by the conservatives, is not going to do anything, I don't think. Uh, but it was also nice to briefly see, like, I guess since it happened during an election cycle, it actually kind of, like, Elizabeth May and Jagmeet Singh both kind of, like, were like, hey, this this can't be. Well, what the heck? They, like, brought, and it was nice to see it come to the national stage. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know... Well, that's like that's like the conservative project on abortion now is they realize that like the legal framework they have is lost. Yeah. So they just massively underfund it. Yeah. Which is kind of, you know, the conservative project in general for public works is underfund, notice that they're underperforming and then cut when they're underperforming. Yeah. And then privatize. It truly, you know what? Seems like it's working uh, in New Brunswick. It does anyway. seem like it's working. Uh, So that sucks. So if you live in New Brunswick or... Or PEI, you gotta drive a long ass way if you want a, a safe abortion, which uh, frankly fucking sucks. And uh, I, yeah. I sure hope that they, whoever is elected in Fredericton, gets gets 
you know get knock some heads around about this because that because i'm interested to see how the maritimes go because like the big thing that made people like that that was that was really like a strong push last election was when the polls started coming in in the maritimes and it's like oh all 36 seats went to the liberals yeah which is shocking and like polls were polls were still open elsewhere and i'm sure it influenced polls Oh, absolutely! In, uh, like lower, lower mainland BC and stuff that were still that still had polls open at that point. I mean, it was shocking um, because it was. I think it was just like people were that sick of Harper, but like also, like the Maritimes that in, that never happens in the Maritimes where they go unify like completely one hundred percent. No other party, just the Liberals. It was genuinely yeah. quite. Well, because a lot of like uh, a lot of NDP like cabinet like shadow cabinet ministers lost their seats. Like a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Um, like really good MPs were knocked mm-hmm. out and then you know subsequently retired from federal politics yeah. afterwards. A- so I'd be interested to see if they can actually recapture any of that. Uh, it's looking like they might make a gain or two here or there in Nova Scotia and maybe even Newfoundland, but uh, you know. That's just me. That's just me looking at the 338 website. So I'm not. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to say anything more than that because, frankly, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, one thing that comes with the territory of just you know navel gazing with the numbers is seeing the possibilities of majority. It is nice to see that conservative majority has like a six percent chance. Yes. By these polling numbers, by the polls and like combined like metrics that the site uses i think uh tracker says two percent yeah yeah some of the other poll trackers have it much lower some other trackers that uh use more like less varied polling data have it a bit higher either way doesn't seem like we're at a huge risk of that happening thank god although the uh conservatives do have the largest chance of gaining a plurality in uh under under 338's uh methodology i think the liberals pass under like the cbc poll tracker but either way they're both like in like the the 35 to 40 percent neighborhood and that's like having a minority is probably the best case scenario at this point yeah so it's been interesting to see the candidates kind of just like kind of go from being like we're gonna get a majority what are you talking about of course we're going for a majority to over the last like day or two be like well i suppose we could cooperate with uh you know if uh you know i guess we would just have to see if we could cooperate with it like it's just like uh it's stressful are you excited to get back to the point where we're like doing an election every few years Mm. because there's so many there's so little confidence in the government Mm. i you know hmm it's bad. Like, none of that really happened within my adult life, but I did see that there were, like, you know, several elections that happened with, like, two to three year spans between them because votes of no confidence were passed. Yeah, I'm, you know, this will be, I guess, my first, if if it goes to a minority government, this will be my first time as an adult electing a minority government as well. So, you know, I guess we'll just have to hope. Like, so, so here's, here's where, here's where... I stand on this is like I like because we're also in a position where maybe the balance of power is either going to be the NDP or the block and so now instead of so it's so it's like oh shit what the fuck (laughs) like it could either be really good or really bad or like kind of good or kind of shitty or like all this this wonderful spectrum of fucking terrible that we're staring at now. See, like, a liberal minority with an NDP balance of power is where mm. most good things came from in Canada. 
Like, we, we don't know if an NDP majority government or, like, an NDP-led minor- minority government would be any better because we've never fucking had one. But if it's the best we can hope for in this election, I wouldn't mind it. But we could also just see the liberals Should we explain the premise of the um, majority and minority for, like, Americans? Or I, sure. We could probably get a, a quick primer on it. Um, the In Canada, your riding or your electoral district i actually found out that the they stopped using the word riding officially because i got elections canada training the other day it is officially an electoral district um your electoral district is where you vote for your member of parliament the party with the largest number of members of parliament if it is more than one half of the 338 seats you have a majority government and you will form government if you have less than a 50 percent majority then you have the first chance to form government and often will end up in a minority situation with some other parties supporting your votes in parliament so rather than a, a winner takes all kind of situation um a minority government is kind of the halfway it's something that's not really possible if you have only two parties. We have six parties that could potentially have seats, so in theory, there's a it's few good more possibilities. You, and it, like as Matt, as Matt mentioned, we got most of our most of the best things came from a liberal minority with a NDP balance of power. So they had to work together to to get good shit in there, and so that's kind of that's pretty good. The downside is that the government becomes a lot less. It becomes a lot less certain what exactly what is happening in the government. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, of course, while it is designed to be a more proportional system, um, the massive imbalance in the size of ridings, and also the fact that you can win a riding with as little as like twenty eight percent of the vote if there's enough splitting between the other parties, means mm-hmm. it doesn't quite work that way in practice. Um, which is why we want to get rid of the first past the post system and replace it with something more proportional, where we can have the same kind of power sharing agreements of government where coalitions and cooperation are necessary, but where this proportion actually represents the people of the country. I mean, um, for everyone else who's in here, like, what are your more more preferred forms of government? Because I've always been a mixed member proportional guy myself. Mixed member proportional also. Yeah. Yeah, like if we have to have this kind of electoral system, I would definitely prefer to see it handled under a mixed member proportional kind of system. Yeah. Cuz like uh for those not in the know, part of Justin Trudeau's promises at his election was electoral reform and they put together a commission with members from every party that had members in parliament or maybe it was I think it was just the Liberals, NDP and the Conservatives. I don't think the Greens were actually there. Um, and the commission independently oversaw like the study that said that more or less mixed member proportional was the vastly preferable system to electoral fairness and generally to Canadians. But the liberals wanted to hear the answer of a ranked choice ballot where when there is three parties and one of them does not gain a plurality of votes, that then the second choices are counted for the people in third, and that system overwhelmingly benefits the liberals and centrist parties in general. And so they're everybody's second choice, and so they always... Yeah, exactly. 
And so they saw that that wasn't the recommendation. They were like, oh, well, we uh, we can't put this through without talking to Canadians, even though, like, they were elected on that mandate. You did. And if it goes to referendum, like, it's gone to referendum in, like, every province. And despite the fact that, like, polling generally shows, like, a huge majority in favor of reform, it always manages to fail due to, like, weirdly or badly phrased questions or the fact that options are split up in a way that it's like, I want mixed member proportional, I want um, ranked choice ballot, I want some third system, or I don't want to change. And that when you when you put the options that are all reform as separate options, it necessarily splits the vote. They literally do first pass the post to the electoral change referendums. It's fucking so stupid. And it's so cynical and it's so obvious what they're doing. Whereas, like, the obvious answer is to say, do you want reform or not? And people would say yes or no. And then from there, they could choose the most representative or most fair system. But they're not going to do that because they're lazy. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's almost as if they're doing it on purpose Hmm. to make it so that uh, to make it so that it doesn't ever go through. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that, but it's almost like that's what's hmm. going on. It is almost like that's what's happening. Weird. And now we're spending the rest of this election being lectured about how voting NDP is just a vote for sheer, even though had, you know, voting reform gone through, you know, we wouldn't be in this predicament. They, we could all vote for who we, we like. Sure wouldn't. <sighs> Not to mention people will say that like as much as even if you are for the idea of a like strategic vote to keep the conservatives out of power and like whatever i think it's kind of a coward's move anyway just to do it but even even if you're for it you you should be thinking on like a riding to riding basis and no one ever does that like ridings yeah. where the liberals don't have a stone's chance like they're fucking the, the they'll do it here in Oshawa where the liberal person got third place despite a 20% swing. They'll do it in Sudbury where a conservative has literally never won. Like it doesn't make any sense and it's like clearly just a fucking liberal psyop at this point. <laughs> like that that's that's their strategy is they send out their trolls to say a vote for the NDP is a vote for the conservatives. And it yeah, happens people. every fucking election. I love and when it's... they do it to me who like lives in a liberal stronghold. Uh, like writing, and it's like a vote for the NDP isn't gonna do isn't gonna do jack shit to the fact that like you guys are gonna win anyways. Why are you even like bringing this up? Yeah, no, it's it's real stupid and it's real cynical. And this election will the conservatives kill you. are also doing the same thing. They've been sending out like campaign or little campaign like pamphlets saying, uh, you know, a vote for the bloc is a vote for Trudeau sort of deal. Um, so the inverse remains the truth as well. Uh, uh, it's just, I'm so sick of these two what parties. If we, just, we have the ability to not deal. Yeah, what with if you them? just voted for the person you thought would represent your interests in the government? Would that be cool? Wild. It's just everyone's trying to fucking metagame their vote based on polls, and that itself causes the polls to change. Like it's such a, it's a feedback Ugh. loop. And this is like true of any election, but in a in an election where there's like potentially four viable candidates for some writings, it can really, really make a huge difference, and it sucks. Yeah, like I'm sorry, I mean, even if my riding wasn't going to be a safe liberal riding, I would still be voting NDP. Like I just want to vote for who most aligns with my values. Yeah, exactly. It's not a crime, as you should, because that's how it that's it makes sense. 
Like the the thing is, is that these the people who will do this will also see voting as like their only vector towards social change. Like these aren't the people you're going to see at like a protest. These aren't the people you're going to see organizing in any meaningful way. These aren't the people who are going to be like fundraising for unions or for job security or fighting against like cuts. Like these are these are the every four years like politics is a game to them. Yeah. Yeah. They're not out supporting strikes or, you know. Like, it's just, it's literally just, like, they put their vote in, and then they don't have to think about politics for four years. Yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about how the Ontario election ended up going, where, like, Kathleen Wynne conceded that she wasn't going to win and she was going to step down, but urged people to vote for her anyway because an NDP majority would be worse for the province. More like Kathleen Lou's. Damn. More like Kathleen Lou's. More like Kathleen Lou's. And it's amazing that that could happen, like, a calendar year before now, and people are still, like, trying to bring the same tactic up as if it fucking matters. Like, it's clear that they're not operating in good faith here. They think that if a conservative was to win, it would be better for them than an NDP win. Because if someone gets an NDP win, we could like it better. Huh. Whereas if there's a conservative win, they can use the get them out of office push to try to snag all the progressive votes back. Like they don't actually, they actually don't want NDPs in government. Like, like that's, they don't, they wish they, they wish the party didn't fucking exist. They would rather have conservatives in government. I'm almost certain of it. That's true. (laughs) That's like the, it's like the Democrats and Republicans in the state. They're just two arms of the same corporate party. Like they, they represent the same fucking interests and it's, exhausting but the liberals are just so like trying so hard to pretend that that's not what they are like it's basically this whole like rehaul of their image where it's like no we're not center right look we you know justin trudeau's dressing up in all these cultural regalia we're woke it's been really really fascinating to watch like the 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 baby in a suit sheer try to like come try to come through and be like um mr trudeau didn't you forget Mm, you did wear a blackface, my good friend, and and being and like they're trying to like pivot like to be like, ah, we got you, Trudeau. We're we're more progressive than you now, and it's just like so. It rings so everything with she rings hollow, but it rings especially hollow when it's just like it's just like you're the same. <laughs> you're not like. Yeah, no, any conservative trying to pull the, well, at least we're not racist card is, like, really, really Mm -hmm. pushing it. Like, not to say that there aren't non-white conservatives, because there definitely are, Um, but the party basis is, that's that's where it is. Oh, speaking of, uh, and this is a bit of a a thing I wanted to mention about why the PPC uh, sucks, uh, the big one, just in general... Uh, they've been uh, several members of the party because I was watching them on Twitter uh, recently because I wanted to look up uh, Sean Patterson and see what his social media presence was mm-hmm. like. They've been boosting an alt-right uh, podcast across the party that has repeatedly claimed that there is what they refer to as Pakistani entryism in the conservative party, which uh, several members have cited as their reason for being uh, PPC members now. And uh, this has been retweeted by both my local PPC, like not the specific one, but multiple posts by this podcast, by my local PPC representative, as well as several from across the uh, the country. So, Great. Cool. So, yeah, the mere presence of non-white conservatives has been fueling what little interest there is in the PPC. 
by weird conspiratorial been, racists. Because that's like where that's where a lot of like the 905 area vote for the conservatives comes from is conservative immigrants, which is why they've they, why they've been less like vocally anti-immigrant and have really just tried to have tried to narrow the definition of illegal immigrant or like that they're against that, that certain kinds of immigration and not just against immigration in general, uh, which is like weirdly cynical because they clearly don't seem to care all that much about immigrants. I've been in the habit of calling the people's party, the PP party. Uh, Cause that's what it abbreviates to is PP. Uh, and it, oh man, and that's to me. That's what they are. Is they're like PP They're. I wish that their logo was yellow because um, I'm working elections day and you're literally not allowed to wear any color associated with a party. And they took purple from me. All I wear is purple. Is... And I'm not able to wear purple on election day because of those uh, dipshits. The New Brunswick people, People's Alliance is also purple. And it's like, fuck you. You don't get to be purple. You don't get to be... Shut up. I have so many colors of shirt that I can't wear. <laughs> you can't be purple if you're Come racist. On. What would Barney say? <laughs> Purple is the anti-racist Purple is Antifa. Color. I'm telling you. Purple is Antifa. Um, so essentially I have to wear a black shirt because there's too many parties running. Uh, that's... And none of them have taken black as a color. Wow. Can you One thing that I can say that's really nice about our election compared to American there... elections. Sorry, continue. I said, can you imagine if there was a, a federal party here that had like a black, primarily black color scheme? It'd be pretty It'd fucking be cool. cool. It would be extremely cool. That'd be dope. I might vote for them. Make for some hard... <laughs> I might vote for them just for the logo itself. Make for itself. some hard to read signage, though. Yeah. I mean, they could use white text. No, it has to be Red all text black. Red text and become anarchists. It has to be just solid <laughs> black, black rectangles. Black, black signs, white impact text font, and just have it be like a it meme just says, text. It just says vote meme for party. the <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it's the meme party. We're, I think we got something here, Damn. folks. I think we might form a political party before the next yeah. election. <laughs> it's time for the meme party. It's time for really... the meme party. Wow. It, it might be time um, for the meme party. One thing that I have uh, come to appreciate about the Canadian election system versus the American system is just how easy it is to vote. Yes. Um, I had to change my writing when I moved, and I just had to tell them what my address was what my address is now and then they sent me a thing in the mail saying i could vote here and if i didn't do that all i had to do is bring one thing that has my address here and it would have been fine and even if yeah. i didn't have that i would just need to go with one person who lives in my riding and vote area and have them vouch for me <laughs> yeah i just went online clicked three buttons um, so i will say on that point i'm pretty sure i'm blacklisted from voting somehow <laughs> Um, because the last time I tried to vote in an election, there was a provincial election. They tried to tell me I'd already voted, which I absolutely had not. And this year they yeah. didn't send me a voter's card. Ooh. So I feel like they're See, just trying to like, they're like, this girl is like, we're, you know, we've seen her communist rants online. We're not letting her vote. Wow. I think I'm on like their no, no um, list. We actually, we went over that at the elections training and basically uh, Canada election rules are if they have the documentation, you let them vote. If they voted twice, it becomes very obvious to the people doing the counts and the people keeping the records, and they would get fined or arrested for it. So, yeah, like, like I mean, generally, benefit of the doubt goes towards you, and you should be fine just showing up with a piece of documentation. And like the fact that it's that. Every time you, you, you'll see people being like, make sure you're registered to vote. It's like, do you think we live in the States where you have to be registered like a full year before an election? You really don't. 
I'm not even sure if I'm registered now based on the fact that I didn't get a voter's card. But, I mean, I'm still going to turn up and give them hell until they let me vote. Do you have, like, any bills? Oh, yeah, I've got enough stuff. I've got enough stuff to, like, show that I can, like... Bring literally one bill and a piece of government photo ID. The government photo ID doesn't even have to have the same address as the bill. Yeah, and I'm also as bringing... As long as you're voting where the bill is. Yeah, and I'm also bringing my mom to vote for me just in case, you know, like... It'll... Oh, hell yeah. yeah. You're golden. Yeah, 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 I should really... But yeah, I just, I found that really just refreshing to think about. It's like, elections are terrible and people make bad decisions, but at the very least, we're largely not being suppressed from voting at all. And I'm hoping, like, uh, the, the turnout at the advanced polls was like... 18% of the entire electorate voted in advance polls. Yeah. Which is like a bonkers number. It was 4.7 million people. Yeah, it was record-breaking, right? Like, yeah. By like a huge margin. Um, and I think the eligible voters is somewhere around 32 million right now, maybe a little higher than that. Um, so yeah, it ended up like close to 20% of the entire electorate voted in the advance polls, which is really cool. That is um, cool. Hopefully the turnout on vote- on election day is also decent. I hope so. Nothing bums me out more than, like, the nobody votes uh, narrative that happens when the turnout isn't great. Yeah. Like, there are a lot of reasons why it should still be easier to vote, but, like, we, the Canada clearly makes a lot more of an effort than most countries. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that we had, like, the whole holiday weekend, including the Friday, was pretty yeah. good. Like, the chance that you're working all four days of the weekend is still a possibility, but it's not a guarantee. Um... And yeah, election day itself should be a holiday, though. I agree. I think it should just you should it should be much easier to vote on election day itself. Uh, so we're running kind of long. I know this is going to take a lot of editing down, but I think we're we're probably good to end it here. We got a, a pretty good primer on what's going on in the Canadian election. So I'd like to uh, thank everyone for joining uh, us today. We, uh, my before name we is... wrap things up, I just had yes? one more very funny joke that I want to say out loud. Uh, Got it, which was uh, the two Maxime Berniers are running in the funny riding of uh, Bose. Uh, and what if and uh, yeah. what if it was uh, Bose of these nuts? Fuck! <laughs> got him. Got him. Oh, got him. really good. Thanks. Got him. Uh, my name is Matt. You can find me on Twitter at MattGCN. Um, with me from Henry Kissinger's Pokemon Going to Die is Zoe. Yep, I'm Zoe. You can find me on Twitter at uh, TP underscore Albuquerque. And then from the Island Shuffle, we got Bean. Uh, I'm Bean. You can follow me on Twitter at Barrier Trio. It's locked, but that's only because I like to yell about my job and I don't want them to fire me. Uh, You can also follow my podcast at Island Shuffle. uh, And you can also listen to that at noisepace.xyz. That's the podcast network this is on. And then, of course, thank you again, Emma, for joining us to yell about the election because it's always fun to do. Thank you, and you can find me on Twitter at uh, Wine Mom Culture. A perfect username. All right, thanks everyone for joining us, and hopefully I posted this before the election, unlike last year where I posted it the day of the election. I have a lot more editing time this time, though. So, all, all hopes, all hopes. Bye. 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 Wait, we didn't do. Wait, what about Memento Pokemori? Yeah. It's a bonus episode, but we could still say Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. Memento Pokemori. See, I also never said it wasn't a threat at any point when mentioning the name of the podcast, so... (laughs) This time it's a threat. (laughs) This is the band episode. This time it's a threat. (laughs) (laughs) Henry Kissinger is Pokemon going to get killed. Also, uh, 
Wait, Craig is still recording, so I just want to say also, Maxime Bernier, uh, eat shit. I hope that your party wins absolutely zero seats. <laughs> I hope Maxime Bernier wins negative life. <laughs> Not a threat. <laughs> Not a threat. <laughs> Anyway, Emma, Emma, do you like do you like my emoji?